Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and we do this little show called Solid Steps Radio. It's a show for men, by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. We know we have a lot of lady listeners, and that is okay. We enjoy anybody to listen, but we got together a few years ago and said, hey, let's do a show that talks to guys, because we're really good at talking about sports, weather, and politics. But we know there's more to life than that. There's the deeper things of life that will matter for now and eternity. And we believe here at Solid Steps that the show title means to walk solidly in life as a man. You are not walking in your identity as a man if you are not walking with God through Jesus Christ. And so we want to tell the story that God is writing in men's lives. Today, we got a humdinger (laughs) because if I say the words to you, Kurt, or any man of any age, probably over the age of 40, if you use the words widow maker, I know what you're talking about. Almost every guy of our age knows what that means. And we don't want to hear that word because if you don't know what that word means, it pertains to your health. It's a, it's something you don't want to have happen to you or a doctor to look at you and say, you just had a widow maker because we're going to talk today about a man who with a man, I'm not going to talk about him. He's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank goodness. Thank, thank God that he's in the room. Man. He is in the less than 10% of the people who will survive a widow maker. And for those of you who don't know, that's a massive heart attack that you should not make it out of. And so we're going to hear the story about what happened leading up to the day of and since then and how it has changed this man's perspective. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, it's great to have you. And Jeff, uh, yeah, we want to hear your story. So uh, let's let's start just real quickly from the beginning. You, um, I'm fascinated. You, you, you have a dad from Thailand. I do. And uh, he was a Buddhist, mm-hmm. and your mom was a Southern Baptist. Yes. What a combination. <laughs> yes. You know, I tell people that, they don't believe me. <laughs> so that's it. My name's Jeff Rattanapool, uh, born and raised 1970, was born here in Louisville, and um, to, to Sharon and Tom. And, and Tom wasn't his Thai name. It was Tamrong. And he got here for college through his family, and he met my mom at, at, um, at university in, in Kentucky. They went to Moorhead State. They married, and... and um, that's where I was born, right here, there in Louisville. So, um, what kind of faith was there growing up in your home? So, I, I wouldn't say it was devoid of faith, but it, it definitely was different because my mom, being a pretty strong Southern Baptist, they were, you know, pretty set in, in traditions and their ways. And so, as a young child, I went to a Baptist church in the Highlands as, as part of a daycare program. And but, but you know, under the age of five, you don't really understand, right? And as I got older, we moved out to Fern Creek and. Sundays were typically not your typical Sundays of families going to church because, you know, my dad didn't attend church because he was a Buddhist. And so we really just got the Lord however we were going to hear it, right, through stories or anything like that. And occasionally we would dress up and maybe Christmas Eve or Easter go to church, but not a lot of faith in in, in growing up. Okay. And so, um, but kind of fast forward, you were an athlete. You, you played ball. Uh, tell us about that real quick. Yeah, so actually ball was kind of the thing that led me to the Lord. So at 13, my parents were divorced, and we were living with my mom and, you know, my mom worked nights, and so I had a group of friends over, and there was a young uh, group of um, churchgoers that were going around to our apartment complex knocking on doors trying to introduce people to Jesus. And the, the crew of kids I had, we were all a bunch of heathens, basically. So we were messing with these kids, right? And so then someone says, hey, well, we have a basketball league. And so we're like, oh. So it all changed everything. So we ended up going to basketball. It was Victory Baptist Church. Ended up, I was the only one out of the group that stuck and stayed. And at that point, I got I was saved and baptized, but really all on my own. So I learned a little bit about the Lord. And, and for six months, I 
stayed there and I followed them. And I was even one of the kids that went, it was called the soul winning group. And then, back, then football season started and I got tired of ending church at three o'clock and getting home on the bus. So I kind of just disappeared. Okay. And so I went on, you know, you know, in my mind without the Lord, but now I know back he was carrying me. Right. So I played high school football, three sports, ended up going to center college, playing football and baseball and graduated in 92. And then, um, life, life began then. Um, when did you meet your wife? So we started dating my junior year of high school. And where'd she go to college? She went to University of Louisville. Okay. So okay. she was a year younger than me. Okay. And so I, I want to jump in, you know, kind of... Um, My faith walk? Yeah, well, and I want to talk about, yes, yeah, about the relationship with your wife and your faith and then your kids. So, you know, we, we found a, a minister that would marry us because neither one of us belonged to a church. And so at being neither one of us were raised really with a church background, we sort of started our life the same way. And it wasn't until we had children that we realized, okay, you know, we have a responsibility here, Mm -hmm. but it was still not a good one. You know, so we, we would, again, we, we went with the thing that we knew. So we'd start attending churches on the days you're supposed to. Right. And so, (laughs) you know, everything was pretty status quo, but I had a really good mentor and friend at my work who, who started a ministry, a Bible study at, at work. And it started reintroducing me to, you know, Jesus and what the Lord could do for me and would do for me. And, and when my, my daughter, my oldest daughter is 22, she was two years old, she got asthma. And I remember I was fresh back in my walk and she looked at me and said, dad, I can't breathe because I'm coughing. And I remember going to the bathroom and falling to my knees and crying out to God. And it was the first time that I completely let go and released all my power to go to him. And it started the thing of me, you know, wanting to learn more and wanting to find out more. And then, um, about six months later, I ran into a good friend of mine at our at our pool where we lived, and you know I thought he was just like me. He had a successful job, nice house. You know I thought we were going to have a Sunday at the pool, having a couple beers, right? And within five minutes, he's crying in my arms, telling me how he gave his life to Christ. And I, at that moment, I was changed. You know, I went home and I told my wife, I said, I've got to understand why what he's on fire about. And so I went on a journey. I started reading books. I read 70 books about anything I could get my hands on. I read the Bible three or four times. I, I sort of tried to teach myself how to pray, but I was I was beginning to unleash the power that the Lord could have in my life at that time. Now, you're how old at that I'm time? I'm probably about 35 or 36. Okay. So, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah. Keep, so, keep. so then, you know, life continues to move. We're, we're still not the best we could be. You know, God expected so much more, but I'm so grateful for His mercy. You know, He still let. He is. He is. He is patient, isn't He? Thank you, Lord. (laughs) I just thank Him for that. You know, my my journey. I know the listeners can't see, but it was like a roundabout. Like I did everything I could to go as far out on the fringe as I could. Right? If you if you're running the bases in baseball, I ran to the warning track before I got to the next base. And so then in uh, 2017, we had a, a incident with my wife and her health, and that changed really everything. Because then at that point, we knew that the Lord was going to be the only path that we would get through the things that had happened to us, right? And so committed to going to church on a regular basis, committed to praying, committed to reading the Bible, committed to understanding, and committed to talking to God and letting him get in our heart and lead us as opposed to me trying to continue to solve problems myself, which I know that I can't do that on my own accord. I mean, thank you. thankfully he saves us. And, and um, you know, that, that journey continued for both of us. And, you know, I, I, I tell people the first time my wife and I ever prayed was when she got her first treatment for what we were dealing with. And we prayed out loud together. First time ever. She's my high school sweetheart. Been together for 20 years. Never prayed together. 
And I prayed that day for an angel, a mercy to be there with us. And um, we sat down to have her treatment and the nurse walks up and said, hi, I'm your nurse. I'm Angel. <laughs> and man, I, I wept like a 13 year old girl got broke up with a skating rink. And I knew that the presence and the power of God was there that day. And I knew it, you know, I, I, in my heart, I knew. And then, you know, I continued on that path and, and walking in his grace now, you know, for, because before you get saved and before you, you know, commit yourself to God, it's his mercy that saves you because he's merciful. But man, when you get in and you get close to him, then his grace can come upon your life. And so things we've been we've been blessed and 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 it was going really, really good until the pandemic hit. And and also um, the job I was in, there was a change. The company sold and I found myself at 49, not ready to retire. So I was starting over into the young man's game. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was going from chief operating officer to, to back down there hustling with everybody else. And so, you know, I felt like I had the energy. I was a college athlete. I was 49, but I was out of shape. The pandemic hit. I gained a total of 45 pounds from 2019 until 2021. 45. 45 pounds. Well, they call it the pandemic 45. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For those of you out there, that's a lot of weight. I I gained a backstreet boy. (laughs) Joking. So on Derby Day of 2021, my wife looked at me and said, you're out of shape. You need to get back in the gym. And unfortunately, you know, the basketball gym wasn't open yet. It was still closed due to COVID. But the guys that I had playing, been playing ball with since 2000, we all had a group chat and we talked about renting a gym. So we rented Mid-America and started playing basketball. And man, I struggled. I mean, I started playing probably late May, early June, and I had been playing, you know, two or three days a week until the morning of uh, the heart attack that I had. So, Okay. We're going to take a break because okay. we, we want to, now we're going to totally unpack what happened that okay. day. Yeah, very good. So I'm willing to bet if you've been listening to for the past 10 minutes, you're like, I hear a little bit of me in that story. Meaning we kind of get busy with life. And Jeff is, if you didn't notice, Jeff's kind of a go-getter. <laughs> and so <laughs> you're going to hear a little bit about how this drive and this going, going, going can sometimes catch up with us in ways we just don't see coming. And so uh, if you're listening, you're over the age of 40, which is most people, you need to take a note, sit up and listen to this man, listen to his story. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, Ellen and Credit Union. They've been around for decades around Louisville, helping people get loans, whether it's home, mortgage, car, uh, personal you name it, commercial or personal loans, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of all your financial needs. Vision First Eye Care, 11 cities. They have offices, six in the Louisville locations alone. If you need help with your eye care, I know that's who I go to for my vision needs, whether you need contacts, glasses, or just overall eye health. Vision First Eye Care, Frank Enterprises. They are professional septic tank, landscaping, wastewater management services. If you have water outside your home that is supposed to go somewhere and it's not, Frank Enterprises is the folks take care of that. Great at landscaping and taking care of your outdoor needs. Uh, And we want to thank them for sponsoring our show. So, Jeff, okay, so you played ball in college. And, uh, you know, fast forward, this is now like 20 years later. And you're not in the greatest shape. And then COVID hits. And you put on, you said, 45 pounds. Mm -hmm. You were, you were, you were. 
You were eating well. I was. I, I I see. You know how Facebook will show you memories. Like I'll have them pop up from the time right before, and I'm don't even recognize that guy, honestly. And and I want to make clear for the people listening, it wasn't reckless. Like every year for twenty years, I had played during the summers, so I had run consistently full court. So it wasn't like I just went from twenty years of no activity and then jumped on the court. But I hadn't played because of the pandemic and my job changed for about eighteen months. So in my own mind. I was accepting that, okay, I'm going to struggle a little bit getting out of here because it's been a long time since I exercised, but I really wasn't planning on dropping dead from a widowmaker, <laughs> you know? So, um, so to understand this full miracle, you gotta, I got to take you back a couple days before the heart attack happened. So that weekend was 4th of July weekend. And I, and I had been playing for about four or five weeks and I'd struggled and I didn't have any warning signs. I just thought, okay, from my memory of being an athlete in the past, this is what you go through. It's the sacrifice. It's the pain, no pain, no gain. Right. And so basically that weekend, my wife sent me out to power wash the decks of our home. It's 95 degrees. I'm carrying a gas power washer up and down stairs. I'm power washing for six hours. And, And what's amazing is had I had my Widowmaker there, my family would have found me. Because because you only have minutes when when you drop dead of a widowmaker heart attack, you have about five minutes and you're either not going to survive or you're going to have long term brain or heart damage. That is that is documented. It's what my cardiologist said. And I think about that. It could have happened then. And then the next day I played 18 holes of golf with a bunch of friends. And had I had it there, they probably would have put me in the cart and said, hey, we'll deal with it when we get done with our 18. <laughs> no, 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 they wouldn't have done that. I'm joking. But ultimately, those were two places leading up to that Wednesday morning that had I had the Widowmaker, we, it'd be a totally different story. So the morning of Wednesday, July 7th, I woke up early, couldn't really sleep, didn't know why. I didn't feel like going to basketball. And my wife never wakes up when I wake up, but she woke up this morning and she was like, you're going to go to ball. I said, I don't really feel like it. And she reminded me, you need to go to ball. Right. So (laughs) God love her. So I I go to basketball and uh, we do what we always do. And I played the first game, hit a couple threes and I walked off the court and I was feeling pretty good. Actually, I, I do remember saying, well, maybe I'm breaking through because I don't feel as bad after this game that I did in the five weeks leading up to it. And I sat down on the bench and um, I remember I got very, very dizzy. I looked at the other end of the court, and uh, I don't know if I verbalized it, but but this is the thought, man, I'm dizzy. And that's the last thing I remember. And, and so you go, go down and uh, bang. I was dead when I hit the floor. Incredible. Yeah. And and word got out on the street, hey, some guy was, you know, he was playing ball, and uh, I remember hearing about it. And uh, what happened? So, so, and I'm piecing this back because obviously I didn't witness it. You know, my next memory is waking up an hour and a half later in the hospital. But what had happened in that moment is first the guys looked over and I was, I guess, flopping around on the floor. This is what they reported, but I don't, of course, I don't remember any of this, but they knew something was wrong. At first they thought, you know, maybe I was having a seizure. So they ran out to the, to Joanne, who's at the front desk there at the Southeast, you know, fitness center. And they said, something's happened to Jeff. And so, so they go out and then I'm, I'm turning blue. So then they said, find out if there's a doctor, go get help. So the guys ran just looking for someone to help. And they went to the bicycling area and they found Hillary Deskins and she was a nurse. And so she jumped off her bike and ran to me and she said she had never run that fast in a long time. Right. But she, she was about to let her CPR expire because she was no longer using those skills. And so she said on the way to me, she was praying, God, let me remember my skills. And when she got to me, she said, I was already blue. You know, I wasn't breathing, um, but I hadn't turned purple yet. 
So she went to do CPR and I'm big and she's not very big at all. Her hands are small. So she couldn't perform the compressions of the CPR. So she yelled to one of the guys, does anybody know CPR? And good friend of mine, Alex Norton, he hadn't been to the gym for 19 months and almost didn't go that morning either. He woke up and didn't want to go and he went. And so he started doing chest compressions and at about three and a half minutes, and thankfully she knew she had about five minutes. So she wasn't panicked yet. She wasn't rushed, but at three and a half minutes, I was starting to turn purple. So she said, uh, she cried out and said, Lord, we're losing him. We, we need you. And right about then, there was a passerby, and they got all of the guys that I was playing ball with to form a circle around me and shout the Lord's Prayer. And then right then, Joanne came in with the defibrillator, and they shocked me one time. And uh, my heart began to beat again. I began to breathe on my own. I'm still unconscious. And uh, Hillary stayed with me right until the, the paramedics got there. So it was from time to, to ground until the paramedics got there was about eight minutes. And of those eight minutes, about three and a half minutes, you were not breathing. Yeah, I, w- I was. I was clinically not alive. Wow. So okay. So when you get to the hospital, you wake up an hour and a half later. Then what happens? So I woke up, and my wife. I see my wife's face. I see the doctor. I see the nurse. And I and I remember saying, I don't remember this, but my wife said that I said, "Did we win the game?" <laughs> You know, and of my well, men- the, the important thing. Yeah, you know? well, but I had no idea what happened. I could taste blood, and I had pain in my knee. So I thought maybe I got knocked out. I don't really remember anything other than knowing that I was dizzy. And she said right then, she said to me, um, "Well, kind of, you won, but you had a heart attack." And I'm still processing, and I'm still not really aware of what happened yet. Yeah. And uh, and so I'd had a hundred percent blockage in my main artery. 99% in the left and 92% on my right. So I had about 9% of blood flow and and I no telling how long I'd been walking around. That's as why a you were struggling out. a little bit the weeks before. In hindsight, absolutely. It was I was struggling because I couldn't get blood to my heart. So then the doctor uh does what to you? So they took me back and they told my wife we're we're going to go ahead and see what we're dealing with. You might have quadruple bypass or open heart surgery. And, and here's, here's a really another thing. So the, the cardiologist, who's my normal cardio- cardiologist, was on vacation. The cardiologist filling in was the daughter of my wife's dad's cardiologist who performed his quadruple bypass 30 years before. And she performed an unheard of procedure where she put two stents in my main artery so I could avoid open heart surgery. And that's not, I don't know that my cardiologist would have tried that, but he brought that to my attention that Dr. Umat did a, a miraculous thing for you that we normally wouldn't do. And it took. So instead of, you know, being opened up and having eight weeks of recovery, you know, I was, I walked out of the hospital 51 hours after I had gone in there. That's amazing. And, and uh, It's God. Okay. God's just, yeah. t- t- tell us what's going on spiritually as you are going, you know, you're coming back to, you, you, you're in the hospital, uh, the stents. What, what, what are you thinking about the Lord and what's, what's going on through your mind? I don't think that things hit me, but, but in, as I reflect back, you know, I was never in question of my spirituality, as Chad mentioned earlier. I was never needing God to prove himself to me. And, and I was, I'm always confident. I was confident in where I'm going in the afterlife. And so I think I was grateful more than anything you know, and I think that I, I knew that there was going to be a time for me and God to talk, but I was still just shocked, probably still processing, still wondering 
what happened, how did it happen? And it and that night in the critical care unit, after everyone had gone home and I was by myself with the Lord, I started to pray and I spoke to him and I said, Lord, thank you for my life. Thank you for intervening today. Thank you for ordering the steps of the people that were there. I know that that was part of your plan for me. Now, here's where I'm going to own up to the 50 years of what I've done to my body. I've done this. I have, I have culpability. I have responsibility for me sitting here today, and all that ends. I find comfort in food. That no longer happens. Food is going to sustain me. And, Lord, I want to take this experience and honor you with it, and I want to glorify you. And when we talk about falling on that food, two weeks before, I went to Outback, had a 12-ounce steak with a cheese fry with extra ranch all to myself, and I dipped that steak in the in the fries and the cheese, and I and I just I mean I I loved that because I thought to myself, well I'm playing basketball, you know I can work this off, but man that was terrible a terrible habit that I chose to do, and that day I I ended it. I said, Lord, give me the strength to be strong enough to leave that behind and and change my life. Let me transform physically like you've transformed me spiritually. You know the Bible says in Romans chapter twelve that we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices. We're going to talk about that in this next segment. segment. So we're going to take a break, come back next couple of segments. We're going to hear more about, okay, now what? What happens to Jeff as he comes out of this? How does he uh, recuperate? And uh, how does he make any life changes? And what's he got to talk to you about, listeners, as you listen to this story? So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. you want to have a world-class great podcast and you want to have video you want to sound great you need to contact if you're in the louisville area louisville podcast studios podloo.com that's p-o-d-l-o-u.com if you want to do an audio book if you want to do a, a limited series or just an ongoing series and you want to podcast it podloo.com bright star home care if you know anyone who needs in-home care. We have been in contact with Bright Star in the past, uh, recently with people who we know and care about, uh, who, if you know somebody who needs in-home care 24 seven or just one day a week, just to stop in brightstarcare.com can take care of you. And then Dan Hart financial, if you want to retire, talk about a retirement, see what that looks like, whether you're 20 years away or two weeks away, Dan Hart financial can take care of you on that end of it. Okay. So Jeff, uh, I, I didn't know this, that when guys have a heart attack uh, the wid- through the, the Widowmaker, only 10% survive. Yeah, that, so, so I had my follow-up with my cardiologist a week later, and that's when he came in and got real with me and said, you know, you, you're a miracle and here are the numbers. You know, so, so I think it's o- over 90% that have the Widowmaker outside of a controlled environment, which means, you know, the hospital don't survive. And he said, of the percentage that survive, 90% of those have brain or long-term heart damage. And he said, you have neither. And so, you know, it, it, while I knew the severity of the Widowmaker, I, I then knew how miraculous it was that I was not only surviving, but I was had a prognosis that I could restore my life and, you know, have a healthy remainder of my life if I'd make the changes I needed to make. What did the doc tell you that you needed to start doing? I mean, clearly it was lose weight continue to exercise, um, all those, there wasn't much I could do about my stress level because my job was going to be my job. And then there's a genetic component. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you recall, we ended the last segment, I had, had spoke to God and said, I own the things I've done in my own power to get here. And, and the, I'm going to stop those things now. I need your help to continue to do that. So, 
you know, I stopped eating red meat. You know, I just started to eat chicken and fish and fresh vegetables and fruit. And it was just changing my habits, my diet, and then continuing to exercise. And I thought those are the two things that I can do that are within my control, you know, and, and the rest I know that uh, will be taken care of. You've lost how many pounds since then? So I'm down 43 and it's been a little over a year, um, but I, but it was um, it was a little slow at first. But, it, you know, once I got it off, I ended up uh, finding out I had sleep apnea. And then so I went and, you know, did a sleep study. They do all these tests when they know you're at risk. And so um, I saw a sleep doctor, started sleeping with a CPAP machine. That took 10 pounds right off of me right away. It's you know, amazing. It is. The, the direct yeah. correlation between sleep and losing weight. And I was pre-diabetic and now I'm not, you know, so there, there was a bunch of things happening in my body as a 51-year-old man that um, that needed to change. Talk a little bit uh, about um, your exercise since then. Yeah, so so I, I walked out of the hospital. I came back, and, and I ended up working for about 10 days to, to wrap up some things I needed to wrap up. Went on a family vacation, and when I got back, it was time to start physical therapy, rehab. So I went, and there was a 90-day program, and it started you out to get to whatever your goal was. And I wanted to play basketball again. So they measure those in, in METs. So in order to play basketball, I had to achieve eight METs of energy for 30 minutes. And so they figured that would take 90 days. And by day 32, I was at eight METs for 40 minutes. So I graduated physical therapy, you know, in a third of the time. I mean, Chad mentioned I'm kind of an overachiever. <laughs> in fact, uh, the first day in rehab um, – the young therapist, she was a great girl. She said, Mr. Tannapool, we have a lady who had stents and same, you know, situation. And she's afraid to roll over at night because she's afraid stents are going to fall out. And then we have you. You <laughs> pretend like you didn't have anything wrong with you. And we need you two to meet each other in the middle. And I said, I'll be an obedient patient. And uh, and so, so I began elliptical stair stepper. And then I started running again on the treadmill. And the last day of the test, you know, I ran 40 minutes on the treadmill at a, at a high enough to exert um, eight Mets of energy, which was similar to playing basketball for an hour. When, when did you start playing basketball? So on the 69th day after my heart attack, September 22nd, I went back to basketball. And I remember walking into the Southeast gym and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, let me walk out today because the last time I was here, I got stretchered out of here unconscious. So be with me and bless this day. And I played. I didn't hit any shots, but but man, I walked out, and, and it was so good to see the guys. You know, so what did the, all the guys say? You know, they were glad to see me again. You know, they they I didn't realize how traumatic it was for them. You know, and and you know, I thought I was the one that had the event, but I I think about those guys, and here's the thing about them: most of the guys are half my age. You know, I'm running ball with 25, 30 year old guys, and you know they're they're not. A, I'm, maybe I'm a father figure to them, not sure, but I was a guy that played ball with them and that they watched die in front of them and get stretchered out. And you know, we don't have a lot of relationships outside of uh, of of where we play ball because of the age gap, and so a lot of them hadn't seen me. So there was there was tears of joy and hugs and and just you know grateful that I'd made it back. Talk talk to our listeners about what. What was con what was going on spiritually uh, in this rehab process, and as you're continuing to lose weight and all that, talk to, talk to us about so, that. So, so you know, my prayer has life has changed. You know, when I when and I wouldn't say I begged, but usually you take things to the Lord, and you're kind of in a in a in a begging manner, like, please, Lord, do this for me. And and my prayer life has now changed to I can't wait to see how you're going to fix this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because his the faith was strengthened so much because 
as I, as, as I talked to people and told my story and as I played back and as I got in prayer, I, I realized what God is capable of doing, you know, because, you know, a lot of people think that the Bible's, you know, 2000 years old and that Jesus and God don't perform miracles like they did, but they do. It's very real. If you will believe and and open your mouth to receive, he's got it all there for you. Right. And so I think if there was one transformation inside of me, it was changing from asking to stating what I wanted and expecting to receive it. And then him showing up every time because he does. And, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm no different than any man listening to this podcast. I mean, the reality of it is, is that I have days where I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's next to me and I'm, I'm wavering maybe, but here's the thing. He's there all the time. Even if we're not, he's, he's doing his job. And so I, I have so much um, strength and faith in that, that it just, it, you know, puts my feet on the ground in in a positive way. Yeah, Paul says, uh, "He who began a good work in Jeff, he'll bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus." He's at work. Sometimes we don't always see it or feel it or recognize it, but he's at work in our lives. Talk to our listeners about um, your relationship with your your wife and kids since that heart attack. You know, it it was really uh, I think harder for them than it was for me because I'm the dad and I'm the strength and I'm the provider and you know and and with some of the struggles my wife's had with her health my kids always thought you know never negatively but you know dad's here you know no matter what happens with mom we've got dad he'll take care of us forever and then for me to go down like that that shook them to the core of here's here's an invincible man that we hold in high regard that you know he he he's normal like everybody else we are all we we are all one breath away from eternity amen so so um how how did, since that time how is it that you relate with your kids you know when when they walk out the door and you say goodbye to them or when you you know kiss them goodnight your kids are how old now so they're 22 and 18 and uh one one is in graduate school and one is about to go to college and so you know I listened to podcasts as I was recovering for the couple of days in the hospital and I heard one where a man said a man learns to appreciate his life so much more when he almost loses it that that it changed the fact that every moment is is a blessing and every time we see each other we make sure we tell each other we love each other we hug each other you know and and we just we value the time because we know there's there's a limit on it we all have the our days numbered and and just coming that close to not seeing them again i think for all of us in our family it just gave us a whole new appreciation for the time we have together here on this earth yeah i mean the the lord says he numbers our days mm-hmm. And at 52, you, some people have said, oh, my goodness, Jeff's, you know, but he's not done now. He's, he's still, he's got you on this earth for a reason, and he's still going to continue to use you. Do you have any anxiety that has now, oh, man, what was that? Did I, I felt something, I, I feel pain and ache. Is that more an anxiousness or is that just something that kind of you're like, all right, I'm just watching it? I don't have it. No. I don't have it. In no. fact... You know, we moved my daughter to Boston for grad school and um, we got stuck due to weather flying home mm. and, and we took off in a thunderstorm. And the pilot said, we got a short window of time. We're flying right through everything that's coming this way and it's going to be rough. 
And I remember being up in the sky, and I've never flown through this weather. And and it was pitch black, and it was it was summertime. It was a daytime, and and I just opened the window, and I was sitting by myself, and I said, Lord. I know you didn't save me to die in a plane crash, so I'm just going to open the window and look at your glory. And I had no anxiety, no yeah. fear. You know, it took us a long time to land. And normally where I might have been a white-knuckle flyer or concerned that it was going to end bad, I, I just had this great feel of joy and, and peace that, you know, I'm just he, – he saved me for something, you know. And, and um, you know, that's what I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out, right? Yeah, yeah. you're a citizen of heaven. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to take a break, come back, and in the fourth and final segment, we're going to hear from Jeff, and now he's going to start preaching. He's going to start talking to you guys, all of us guys, and say, hey, he's got our attention. What do we need to do differently as men? So we're going to take a break, take him back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks to our great sponsors like Hadley Sign Solutions. Chris Hadley has 35 years' experience designing, manufacturing, and installing commercial exterior electrical signage to help promote your business in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. He is the pro at that. Call him at 502-419-7228, 502-419-7228 for Hadley Sign Solutions. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Dr. Eric Veal. Uh, he's been around since day one of our show. We're so thankful for him. And uh, if you need teeth cleaning, whether it's in a certain end of the county or not, he can take care of you. Dr. Eric Veal, thank him for his uh, support of the show. And then Veritech Generators. If you need a generator for your home or your business or you have a generator that needs servicing, Veritech, Veritech Generators can take care of you. So, Jeff, uh, I want you to talk to our guys who are just listening. Just speak into their hearts. Um, you know, what, what you've learned since this heart attack, 90% of the guys all die. And for whatever reason, we we know that God's perfect in all his ways and he allowed you to survive amen you know and so i think that um i was trying to figure out you know what was the purpose of me being saved right from that heart attack and i and and i knew that i don't have the answer so i asked god for that i was like god you know show me what you want me to do with this and what came on my heart was i'll do whatever you put in front of me without question and so still not understanding but staying in prayer about that the first thing that happened was um, the you know Southeast Outlook looked out for, uh, reached out to me and said, "Would you be willing to tell your story for the newspaper?" And I was like, "Of course I will," because I felt that was part of, you know, one of the purposes was to spread the word, you know, yeah. tell people what happened and what God's capable of doing. And so I did that. And then you know I, I'm blessed to in my job that I get an audience. I teach classes. I speak in front of large groups. And I thought, okay, well I'm going to extend that. I'm going to start adding that to my presentation. So I started ending presentations with, you know, you can't live a positive life with a negative mindset. And I would share my story and people, you know, jaws were dropped open that, you know, especially in the first month or two, I was like a month ago, I dropped dead of, and that'll get your attention. Right. <laughs> and so then a three, three or four months passed. And then the Christian broadcast network reached out to me, which was the 700 club. And they're going to do a TV show on me on the 700 club about the miracle. And we did a complete reenactment. You know, I got to play myself and, you know, I've watched those shows and I'm not sure how to look out, but you guys can be the judge of that. But, you know, I just went in faith saying, let's just retell the story because it might connect with someone. And so then a little bit after that, I was asked to join uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes State Board. And and I, I knew that from my first segment with you, you knew I found the Lord through basketball. And that is a ministry that uses sports to introduce kids to Jesus Christ. So I knew it's it's open your mouth, Jeff. Tell tell people how good God is, what God can do for you. But 
talking to you guys out there, just just listen to this. I'm not special. I'm not different than any man listening to this. I've sinned. I've been a heathen. I've done all the things that I should have not done, and, and you guys too, and I survived that. But here's what has changed in my heart and my life. I know before the before Jeff, I was always worried to fully jump in because I thought I was going to have to give something up and mm-hmm. that it was something that I loved to do. But the closer you get to God, the less you want to do those things. They don't even appeal to you anymore. And, you know, and, and the one example was just food. You know, I don't look at food the same way. I don't have the same relationship. It sustains me, and I go on and do the other things with my life. So, so if you haven't, make Jesus the Lord of your life. So that's the beginning, and it's never too late. You know, you could have never known him. You could have known him and separated from him, but commit back to him. That's the very first step. And then once you do that, the next thing you need to do is you got to have a heart for him. You got to get on fire. And the only way to know what to do next is to read the Bible because that's God's inspired word. Those are the stories. Those are the things that tell you this is what God expects from you. And and if you don't understand before you read it, pray, Lord, can you help me give me understanding of what I'm about to read? And he will deliver. So you don't have to analyze it all. Just read in it, get in it, and then you will eventually learn how to pray. And then, so I will tell you, uh, there was a t-shirt that said, eat, pray, live. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think of that, I would wear that all day long. But those are the things that, you know, that I would want to come through. And and the reality of it is I've had three very close friends have widowmaker heart attacks since I survived mine that didn't survive. And I never said to God, why didn't they and why did you choose me? I never said that. I just thanked him again and realized mm. that this was my faith. What he did for me, he did for me. And my job is to now go out and tell everybody, spread the word. As many people as I can influence to either A, check your heart health. So if you're not there spiritually yet, that's okay. Get yourself physically checked out first. You could be at risk and you don't even know. I had no idea I was going to drop dead that day. It just happened. And then the final thing would be, then, then move spiritually. So transform both physically and internally, and you, you will have joy in your life. You'll have peace, and, and you'll enjoy every day. You, you look at life as a gift. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't. No. We, we, we look at things negatively, and, and we look at the, the downside of things, uh, but you're a positive person even before the heart attack. I was. But... Since the heart attack, it's it's to a whole nother level. I'm like a positive guy on Starbucks, <laughs> you know. You know, and it's a really smart guy once said, "It's looking at life at get to versus got to." Mm. When you wake up in the morning and say, "I got to do this," it's burdensome. You don't really look forward to do it. But when you wake up and you have something you get to do, you're excited, you're enthusiastic, you're passionate about it, and that's how I look at life now. I get to do life today. You you, know? you get to do life. You get to see your yeah. wife again. Yes. You know, when you when you walk in after a hard day's work and you see your wife. Kiss her, you hug her, and you go, I, I, I got another chance. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank what a you. gift. Yes. What a blessing. Amen. Um, talk just a little bit more specifically on um, diet and um, speaking to our guys. What specifically have you been doing? I, I know you mentioned you cut out red meat. Talk some specifics. I will. So so you don't have to go, you know, nuclear, right? You just have to start to make changes. And it's not rocket science, you know, things that are fat processed, got a ton of chemicals, you got to cut those out. You know, try to eat as much fresh stuff as you can. And if you like meat, eat meat. You know, what I did was I went down to calories. And so I got this app and I ended up tracking the calories I ate. And so my my goal was to do 2000 calories a day 
regular meals. So I made sure I ate, ate three meals a day and two snacks, but I didn't exceed two, 2,000 calories. Then I exercised to burn 500. So I was full. I drank water and a lot of water, gallon a day. So basically, if you get 1,500 net calories, you're going to lose weight. And so basically, it was I'm not a nutritionist. And they didn't really say, you know, cut all this out. It was just that was the path that the, that the therapist put me on, and it worked. Yeah, you knew you had to lose I weight. Did. And listeners, I, we just want to encourage you. God has given you a body, and he wants you to take care of it. And um, we we got to wrap this baby up. Sure. Um, so, Jeff, would you pray for us guys that we would pay attention to our bodies and, more more importantly, even our souls? I would I'd be honored. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the day that you've made. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your grace and your mercy on our lives. Lord, I just pray for every man out there listening, and you know what they're in need of, whether they'll speak it out or not, because you know things already. And God, I just pray that you'll give them wisdom and the strength and the encouragement to make changes in their life, Lord, not just for the health of their bodies, but to get to know you more, Lord, and let them unleash the wonder and the great things that you can do for them, Father. And I just I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus for everyone listening. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Jeff, thanks for sharing your story and keep sharing it. Will do. Thanks for having me. So I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but Jeff, on July the 7th at 7 a.m., 777, that's a pretty good number in the Bible, seven <laughs> is, is when all this went down. And I don't know also if you picked up on it that Jeff at 13 years old came to the Lord through basketball. And then Jeff almost met the Lord <laughs> through basketball <laughs> in a basketball game. Went down a dead man. But Jeff was alive when he went down. Amen. Because he was alive in Jesus Christ and he had he knew where he was going, even if he never had a chance. When he went down, he did not have a chance to look at somebody and say, I'm sick, I'm hurt, let me call my wife, let me call my kids. He didn't even have a chance to say anything. He just went down dark and he came out of that and he physically survived. But here's the thing, guys, you have to take care of yourself physically. But guess what? If Jeff ate perfect and exercised the rest of his life, he's still going to go down as we all are. Are you right with the Lord? Do you know him? Jesus said you have to give your life in order to gain it. Lose your life to him. And so Jeff lost his life to the Lord when he was a young man. And he almost lost his physical life. But really, Jeff's already had what you have available to you. The same God that whose hand was on Jeff's life can be the same God and Father who wants to father you and love you in the same way. And maybe it won't be the same story. But for eternity's sake, he wants to father you not just now, but forever. Look in his direction and cry out to his son, Jesus Christ. He can do that work in you, both internally and sometimes physically. We can get the healing we want in certain ways, but we just know he is with us as he was with Jeff. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.